this is Kenneth Wong, Senior Editor for DE247. Welcome to another episode of DE Podcast. Bob Mayer was for a long time CEO and President of IMSI Design, a company he helped found it. He has just retired, but he agrees to sit down and chat with us and offer his reflections on the cat industry. So let's hear from him. So first of all, Bob, congratulations on your retirement. Thank you, Kenneth. Uh, it's been uh, almost four decades, and it's been fun and exciting and interesting. And uh, But I think it's time to take advantage of other things now. What I want to ask you, Bob, is that throughout your time in the industry, are there any kind of remarkable, noteworthy milestone moments that you remember? Is there some cases in which the industry make a... Um, make a leap, so to speak. Yeah, I, I think it goes all the way back to the mid-1980s uh, when we first got involved in desktop CAD. And I think, you know, one of the things, you know, from back then was when uh, Martin Newell had come out with Ashlar Vellum and intelligent snapping, you know, from a user interface perspective and just the ease of design, that was sort of a real groundbreaking achievement in in CAD, at least, you know, for where we were in, in those starting days of CAD for the, uh, the PC as opposed to mainframes and dedicated CAD workstations. You know, CAD for the masses is where we sort of jumped on the bandwagon in the same way that um, Genericad had done a year or so before us. We saw that as the real innovation that was coming from them, and we wanted to be a part of that. And so our perspective there was, you know, start from the bottom up as opposed to the top down in terms of the addressable user base. And then, heck, you know, over time, there's been so many things, you know, uh, the you know, bringing down, again, to the desktop level, these different solid modeling engines, you know, first with Pro Engineer and then the Asus and Parasolids uh, kernels, which, you know, as soon as, well, not as soon as, but in the early days when it became available, we wanted to be able to add, you know, solid modeling to TurboCAD, and we were able to do that with uh, spatial technologies. So bringing those those heretofore, you know, mainframe-related technologies to the PC was really another innovation that, you know, was achieved through a number of companies, not, not, not through any one. And I guess, you know, for our company especially, the establishment of the Open DWG Alliance back in 1998 was, was critical because that then gave us an ability, a much more cost-effective ability to, effectively stop reverse engineering the, the DWG and DXF formats ourselves and, you know, get those toolkits or SDKs, you know, from a, a reliable development resource. And so next one I can really think of is 3D printing. Um, and I guess the genesis of that really is just the ex- expiration of patents, which made the manufacturing much more affordable and for companies like 3D Systems to be able to, you know, offer these 3D printers for you know under three thousand dollars and under two thousand and under a thousand, 
So that patent expiration enabled CAD companies like ourselves to, you know, really refine our STL import and export uh, formats and then add different, you know, uh, water uh, tightness checking tools to our applications. But it was really the patents expiration that was the catalyst to that. If you consider Bob uh, CAD's move from mainframe to personal computers as one of the milestones, yeah. would you also think about the recent CAD's movement from workstations to the cloud as similar moment? So, for example, things that companies like Onshape is doing right now. Um, I'd say it's a different sort of innovation. I think the going from mainframes and workstations really made a technology available to much, much more uh, engineers and, and, and design professionals at an affordable price. I think having things in the cloud doesn't necessarily expand the number of users. I think it makes collaboration uh, an easier thing to do, a collaboration between the desktop and the cloud. I think it has its place, but I don't. I don't think it measures up in terms of its significance compared to when you went from these multi-thousand dollars a seat to you know the prices that we see today. To me, that was more of a a game changer. What would you say is the industry's weakness? Well. I think the the problems are sort of a, a natural uh, outcome of uh, capitalism, if you will. In, in other words, we have so many different companies, both in the MCAD and AEC spaces, that in order for each of those companies to establish themselves and keep keep their business growing, they develop intellectual property, and intellectual property includes you know file format. So it's not hard to understand that why you know there's there's not been an industry standard up to now although it seems like with xml and x3d that we're migrating to that but and you know i guess the cloud is is helping drive that but i don't i don't see that as a weakness per se i think that's just a natural outcome of you know capitalistic com uh, competition i think if there's any weakness I think there's been a feeling amongst CAD developers, oh, we have to have constant innovation. And, yeah, you do have to have constant innovation. But to use a baseball analogy, I don't think you have to hit a home run every time you innovate. You know, you can hit a lot of singles and still be really good. And I, I think if people do their market research before they do their software development in an effective way, they'll get a better understanding of what their users expect. And ultimately, that's the key. It's not what somebody at a C-level in a, in, a, in a corporation needs. It's what their users want and demand that's going to help drive that innovation. At some point in IMSI's history, it decided to go after the AutoCAD LT users with the offer of a free DoubleCAD product. Uh, yes. I thought it was yeah. a pretty bold move. Um, could you tell me, um, could you trace your involvement in it and what happened to it and if there is any kind of postmortems or reflections you can offer on that campaign? It didn't really work for us because we 
for two reasons. One, our drawing engine was not based on DWG. So we had to make concessions. You know, the native file format was just basically our, our, our own TCW. And of course, we had really good import-export of, of DWG, but the fact is it, it wasn't the native for, file format. And I think anybody who's going to go after that market and has gone after that market has done that. So that was one shortcoming. The other shortcoming I thought uh, was that we we focused too much on the application, in instead of also um, programmability. Now, of course, AutoCAD LT didn't have the programmability extensions that AutoCAD proper has has, but that was an opportunity for us because if we could position ourselves against AutoCAD LT and say, and you know, if you want to develop third-party applications, you know, support um, ARX and the different AutoCAD dev uh, development uh, platforms, including AutoList, then I think we would have also had a real winner. So I think it was this lack of two, two things, native DWG and programmability, that, that hurt us specifically. And then the other thing is, I, I think in retrospect, the, what I will call a freemium model doesn't work. That is, giving away something for free and then trying to upsell someone uh, to a more feature-enhanced version. And I can, you can cite what's happened with DraftSight, for example. It was originally uh, released by SolidWorks uh, under that model, and now they've, they've migrated things to such that all the versions you have to pay for. And so I, I think that with respect to CAD, because you get so much functionality Anyway, when you're using it, I think that's why we were never able to successfully convert enough free users into paid users, whether it was on either a permanent license or a subscription basis. And I think other companies, again, like SolidWorks, and I think when Corel came out with its initial version of this CorelCAD technology, they tried it as well, and it didn't work. So. That's my sort of generic reflection on, on this. Those are all very good observations, Bob. Now that you have a lot more free time, other than wrestling with R&D issues, <laughs> how, mm -hmm. how do you plan to spend your free time? Tell us a little bit more. Oh, I, I'm an avid bike rider, both mountain and road, so I tend to spend more time doing that. And um, I also have a number of grandkids, so hopefully spend more time with them. And then, you know, uh, hoping that, given that COVID subsides a bit, I, I intend to do a little bit more traveling and with that uh, scuba diving, which I, I really love to do. Bob, that sounds wonderful retirement life. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Uh, thank you, Kenneth. Take care. That's it for this episode. Until next time, I'm Kenneth Wong for DE247. See you later.